Chapter Ten of Nature and Art. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. Nature and Art by Elizabeth Inchbald. Chapter Ten. One morning in winter, just as the dean, his wife, and darling child had finished their breakfast at their house in London, a servant brought in a letter to his master and said, The man waited for an answer. Who is the man? cried the dean with all that terrifying dignity with which he never failed to address his inferiors, especially such as waited on his person. The servant replied, with a servility of tone equal to the haughty one of his master he did not know but that the man looked like a sailor and had a boy with him a begging letter no doubt cried lady clementina take it back said the dean and bid him send up word who he is and what is his errand the servant went and returning said he comes from on board a ship his captain sent him and his errand is he believes to leave a boy he has brought with him a boy cried the dean what have i to do with a boy i expect no boy what boy what age he looks about twelve or thirteen replied the servant he is mistaken in the house said the dean let me look at the letter again he did look at it and saw plainly it was directed to himself upon a second glance he had so perfect a recollection of the hand as to open it instantaneously and after ordering the servant to withdraw he read the following zokotora island april six my dear brother william it is a long time since we have seen one another but i hope not so long that you have quite forgotten the many happy days we once passed together i did not take my leave of you when i left england because it would have been too much for me i had met with a great many sorrows just at that time one of which was the misfortune of losing the use of my right hand by a fall from my horse which accident robbed me of most of my friends for i could no longer entertain them with my performance as i used to do and so i was ashamed to see them or you and that was the reason i came hither to try my fortune with some other adventurers you have i suppose heard that the savages of the island put our whole party to death but it was my chance to escape their cruelty i was heartbroken for my comrades yet upon the whole i do not know that the savages were much to blame we had no business to invade their territories and if they had invaded england we should have done the same by them my life was spared because having gained some little strength in my hand during the voyage i pleased their king when i arrived there with playing on my violin they spared my child too in pity to my lamentations when they were going to put him to death now my dear brother before i say any more to you concerning my child i will first ask your pardon for any offence 
i may have given you in all the time we lived so long together i know you have found fault with me and i dare say i have been very often to blame but i here solemnly declare that i never did anything purposely to offend you but mostly all i could to oblige you and i can safely declare that i never bore you above a quarter of an hour's resentment for anything you might say to me which i thought harsh now my dear william after being in this island eleven years the weakness in my hand has unfortunately returned and yet there being no appearance of complaint the uninformed islanders think it is all my obstinacy and that i will not entertain them with my music which makes me say that i cannot and they have imprisoned me and threatened to put my son to death if i persist in my stubbornness any longer the anguish i feel in my mind takes away all hope of the recovery of strength in my hand and i have no doubt that they intend in a few days to put their horrid threat into execution therefore dear brother william hearing in my prison of a most uncommon circumstance that an english vessel is lying at a small distance from the island i have entrusted a faithful negro to take my child to the ship and deliver him to the captain with the request that he may be sent with this letter to you on the ship's arrival in england now my dear dear brother william in case the poor boy should live to come to you i have no doubt but you will receive him yet excuse a poor fond father if i say a word or two which i hope may prove in his favour pray my dear brother do not think it the child's fault but mine that you will find him so ignorant he has always shown a quickness and a willingness to learn and would i dare say if he had been brought up under your care have been by this time a good scholar but you know i am no scholar myself besides not having any books here i have only been able to teach my child by talking to him and in all my conversations with him i have never taken much pains to instruct him in the manners of my own country thinking that if ever he went over he would learn them soon enough and if he never did go over that it would be as well he knew nothing about them i have kept him also from the knowledge of everything which i have thought pernicious in the conduct of the savages except that i have now and then pointed out a few of their faults in order to give him a true conception and a proper horror of them at the same time i have taught him to love and to do good to his neighbour whoever that neighbour may be and whatever may be his failings falsehood of every kind i included in this precept as forbidden for no one can love his neighbour and deceive him i have instructed him too to hold in contempt all frivolous vanity and all those indulgences which he was never likely to obtain he has learnt all that i have undertaken to teach him but i am afraid you will yet think he has learned too little your wife i fear will be offended at his want of politeness and perhaps proper respect for a person of her rank but indeed he is very tractable and can without severity be amended of all his faults 
and though you will find he has many yet pray my dear brother william call to mind he has been a dutiful and an affectionate child to me and that had it pleased heaven we had lived together for many years to come i verily believe i should never have experienced one mark of his disobedience farewell for ever my dear dear brother william and if my poor kind affectionate child should live to bring you this letter sometimes speak to him of me and let him know that for twelve years he was my sole comfort and that when i sent him from me in order to save his life i laid down my head upon the floor of the cell in which i was confined and prayed that heaven might end my days before the morning this was the conclusion of the letter except four or five lines which with his name were so much blotted apparently with tears that they were illegible end of chapter ten recording by john brandon